And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. This is God's Word. Over to John. Just a so. That's brutal. How long did I get to say to that? Morning, everyone. Hi, Arwa. I've just been blinded. I might not see you for about 10 months. But anyway. Uh, yes, this morning we are in our fourth and final uh, core value, Kingdom Carriers. Now, what we're going to do this morning really is look at what it, may, what, what, what it means that when... when Jesus is talking about, uh, and Jesus is t- teaching his disciples to pray here, what he means by kingdom. Kingdom. We want to be kingdom carriers, so we need to know what the kingdom of God is. Kingdom carriers is a, is a fancy phrase, isn't it? It's, a, it's, it's one of the ones that you love to put on a wee website or love to put on a wee uh, visual diagram because it looks good. But what does it actually mean? Well, we sang a song there a moment ago, and I don't know, Marcus obviously did mean this, but it, it, one, of the, one of the lines in that song for me just summed up everything about what we want to be as kingdom carriers, and it's this. Let heaven's reign be seen on the earth. If I, could, if I could sum it up and just, that's it. Let heaven's reign be seen on the earth. That's it. That's essentially what it is. As I said last, I've said throughout this core value series, and I say this every time we do core values, these are things that we want to be the most important thing about Cornerstone Church, and they cannot just be theoretical. Although in saying that, I do want to caveat that this morning as we, as we walk out of our core value series in saying this. We as a church are seven years old. Seven years old. That is not old in any stretch of the imagination. And whilst we want these things to be a reality in the life of Cornerstone Church, we realize these things take time to embed into the life of Cornerstone Church. And so there has to be a bit of grace for these things. We're not there yet in many of them, we're not, we're, but we're trying, endeavoring to get there. We want them deeply to be the most important things about us. 
And so as we look at the kingdom of God, Jesus here in the passage that was read for us by Samuel, it's a continuation of the Beatitudes. And Jesus here is teaching on a range. He has been teaching on a range of topics. If you just go back to Matthew 5, you'll see salt and light. You'll see all the headings in your Bible, salt and light, anger, divorce, oaths, retaliation, lust, love your enemies, all giving to the needy. And then he comes to this part of the Lord's prayer. And his disciples ask him, how are we to pray? And Jesus warns again, as he does over and over again, in the giving section, he says, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Don't tell anyone, not even a murmur of it. And then he contrasts again what it looks like to be a true follower of God to what the Pharisees and the religious leaders look like. He says, what you want to be like is this, not like them. Which is, a, which is a stark thing to say. He says, this is what real faith looks like, but this is what they look like. He says, don't be like them. In your prayers, don't be like them. They love to, to sound the part, look the part. They love to stand on street corners and, and, and spout and look like they know what they're talking about. Don't be like that. Don't be like that. Don't heap up fancy words and phrases. But go into your room, close the door, and pray where it's just you and the Father. And pray like this. And then he goes on to outline what the prayer of someone like that in a relationship like that with the Father looks like. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive those, as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And there's one phrase in that little, that little guided prayer from Jesus that we focus on when we come to being kingdom carriers, and it's this. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Now, every single one of us in this room has prayed that prayer. I guarantee that. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. And when you say that phrase, your kingdom come, your will be done, it sort of rolls off the tongue. Because it, it's been it's been drilled in this, essentially. I can, I've shared this before. I, I lived with my, my grandparents growing up, and it was drilled into me, literally drilled into me, this prayer. I said it every single night, and I didn't have a clue what I was saying. Not a notion. Your kingdom come, your will be done as a four-year-old. What did I know? And as a 40-year-old, <laughs> What maybe do I know now more about his kingdom coming and his will being done? And for that very reason, we need to know what we're asking for. If we're asking for the kingdom of God to come, for us to be kingdom carriers, we need to know what the kingdom of God exists in, what it, what it exists of, what, 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 what is this we're talking about? Because if we don't understand that, we will never get to the point of being kingdom carriers. So what we need to do is look at the kingdom. 
To really know what we're asking for, when we say your kingdom come, we need to know a little bit about the kingdom that we speak of. And I know that I've covered the theology of kingdom before, but it is vitally important as we look at this subject that we know what we're talking about when we talk about the kingdom. So what do we mean? When we've looked at the kingdom of God before, we said there are three elements to the kingdom. Three elements to the kingdom of God. And we said, and if you just thought about it for a moment, they are very simple, very clear, very plain. But they're these. For there to be a kingdom, there must be a king. For there to be a kingdom, there must be a king. And when we pray, your kingdom come, what we're praying for is that King Jesus would have his reign. He's the king. He is the king. When we say your kingdom come, we are saying that everything is under King Jesus' rule and his reign. Everything. Right down to creation itself, we read in Scripture that it obeys his commands. We, we, are, we read in Scripture that he is the one that sustains all things right now. Everything that we see, everything that we experience is being sustained by King Jesus. Everything is under his rule and his command. And that includes us. You see, we'll get to this in the second point, but there is a people in the kingdom. And we can't say that we are people of the kingdom if we are not under the sovereign rule and reign of King Jesus. And that's all parts of our lives under his rule and his reign. Not just the religious parts of our lives. Every part of our lives must submit to his rule and his reign. And so on Monday morning when you're in business, everything that you do, everything that you say, everything that is there is under King Jesus' rule and his reign. When you're on the, on the, on the sports field, or for, for many of us that time has passed, I'm looking around, none of us, there used to be a time where I could have said that some of us were on the sports field, no longer can I say that for some of us. But when if we were there, everything that happened on there should have been, or it should still be, under King Jesus' rule and reign. When we're out on the bikes and someone cuts a bit too close, as it often happens, and TJ and I have threatened to pull boys through windows before. I'm only saying, I'm laying it out there. It should be under King Jesus' rule and his reign. Every part of life should be under his rule and his reign. He is the king. He's the king. As you know, my favorite quote from Narnia is this. Who's the king in Narnia? You know this by now. Aslan. Right, my favorite quote from Narnia is this. Aslan, the lion, the great lion. Oh, Su oh, said Susan, I thought he was a man. Is he quite safe? I shall feel rather nervous about meeting a lion. Safe, said Mr. Beaver. Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. And he is the king, I tell you. He's the king. Now let me ask you a question. Is Jesus king of your life? 
Is Jesus reigning sovereign over all in your life? Or are you on the throne? Are you still in control? Or are you submitting to the reign of King Jesus? There has to be a king for there to be a kingdom. Secondly, there has to be a people for King Jesus to rule and to reign over. And that people is the church. That people is the church. They are the kingdom people, citizens of the kingdom. The church, the genuine people of God, people who have been through the Spirit of God regenerated, made new, those are the people of the kingdom. Thirdly, there's a message with the kingdom. So there's a king, there's a people. The king is Jesus, the people is the church. There's a message to the kingdom. There is a message that the kingdom proclaims. And the message is this, repent of sin and turn in faith to Jesus. That's the message. It's a very singular, truncated, singular, simple message. Repent of sin and turn to faith in Je- and turn in faith to Jesus. That's it. Believe the good news of the gospel. So the kingdom has a king. It has a people, the church, and it has a message. Repent and believe the gospel. Right. Let's pause and let's ask the question: Are you part of the kingdom of God? Are you part of the kingdom of God? If when I went through those things, the king, reigning sovereign, ruling sovereignly over your life, if that does not resonate with you, I doubt that you're part of the kingdom of God. When I talk about the church being the people that King Jesus reigns over, if that doesn't resonate with you and you're not in on that, then I doubt that you're part of the kingdom of God. So are you part of the kingdom of God? Have you believed the message of the kingdom? Repent of sin, turn in faith to Jesus. Are you part of the kingdom? Because we're sitting here this morning uh, and, and we're going to talk about being kingdom carriers and what that looks like practically, what it looks like to play that out in the world around us. But, but, but there's no point in you going forward listening to any of that if you're not in the kingdom because it won't apply to you. And so I'm asking, at this point, are you part of the kingdom? Has King Jesus got rule and reign? Do you love the church, the bride, the, the people of God, or are you just critical of her? And have you believed the message of the kingdom? If, if not, then I would love for today to be the day where you become part of the kingdom of God, turning, repenting, and turning in faith to King Jesus. So what I want to do then, after we have established what what the kingdom is, and that's a very, very small, shallow kingdom outline, 
Uh, I would love to spend more time in that, but just don't have time today. What we want to do then is, is look at what this kingdom looks like. What does the kingdom of God look like in practice? Well, Jesus is teaching his disciples to pray here, and he, and he prays for the kingdom to come. Your will be done on earth, on earth as it is in heaven. So what we can deduce from, from, from that is that the kingdom of God looks like the will of God being done on the earth. That's what it looks like. Your kingdom come, your will be done. It's a logical progression. Your will be done. And as I said, uh, that song perfectly, perfectly summed it up. Let heaven's reign be seen on the earth. And so to boil it down, and I've used this joke before, so it'll not work again, but it might work again. It is heaven on earth and not in the Belinda Carlisle way. It did work. See, sometimes it do. But it is literally heaven breaking through and being present on the earth. That's what it is. That's what it is. And we're in history, all of history. And that's a long time. Have we witnessed heaven being on earth in such a clear way as we did in the life of Jesus? In the life of Jesus. He is the ultimate demonstration of what heaven looks like on earth. He is the ultimate demonstration of what heaven looks like on earth. Probably no greater description than what's known as the prologue of John. John, we've, we've done it. We've, we, we're in John. We've preached John 1. We're heading back there in a couple of weeks. John 1, 1, 1 to 5. In the beginning was the Word. Who was the Word? Who was the Word? Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. There we go again. That, that, that reminder that, that King Jesus, everything was made through him. And without him, not anything was made. And here we go. In him was life, and the life was, that life was the light of men. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. What does the kingdom of God look like? It looks like Jesus. What did Jesus look like? It looked like life and light. You remember this. It looked like he looked like life and light. He brought life and light wherever he went. In him was life. And it's very easy, as I've said before, to spot the difference between something that's dead and something that's alive. We don't really do plants in the Irvine household. It's just not a thing. Like, literally, if you go out, even if you go out into the back garden, now, the, the garden looked lovely when we got the house. It did. Like, Bonnie hasn't helped things, to be fair. As then there's now massive craters where you think I just went to the back door and lobbed grenades out into the garden. But anyway... Uh, we don't really do plants and, and, and looking after things and watering things like that. We just don't do that. But it's very easy to see the difference between something that's dead and something that's alive. If you want to see something that's dead, come to the house. Surely you can come and visit and we'll have a demonstration. But it's very easy to see it. 
And John says in the prologue that in him was life. Everywhere he went, he brought life, not death. And especially what he's talking about here is spiritual life, new life, saving life, eternal life. Everywhere Jesus was, he brought life. As I say, obviously the opposite of that is death. Everywhere Jesus came across, many, many times we see in the healings of Jesus, people who are, who are ill and, and, and things have went wrong and, and Jesus restores them. He brings life. He brings life. Jesus here is described as light. In him was life and in him was the light of men. The darkness has not overcome the light. Darkness is always, always associated with evil. In the kingdom of God, evil is banished because Jesus invades that space and lights it up. There are no dark corners where Jesus is. He lights it up. And so that all being said, we have Jesus here being described as life and light. That's what the kingdom of God looks like. That's what he looked like on the earth. And we want to be kingdom carriers. And so what does that mean for us? What does it mean for us? Well, we have to ask ourselves as individuals and as a church, let's start with individuals. Is, Is that us? Is that us? Where we, where we go, do we bring life and light or do we bring death and, and darkness? But can we say that as a church as well? Individuals, can we, can individuals as, as we move out into the community, as, as individuals to be where we are, and we'll talk about that in a moment, to be where we are, do we bring life? And light, or do we bring death and darkness? But as a church collectively, are we known for life and light, or are we known for death and darkness? Would your average Joe Bloggs? I I have no idea who Joe Bloggs is, by the way. Does anybody know? Does anybody know? Right enough, because afterwards we'll have a chat. I have no idea who Joe Bloggs is. If he's an actual person. Should have Wikipedia that now before I come out. I should have, but I didn't. But would your average Joe Bloggs in the streets of Rathry Island say the cornerstone is a church that brings life and light, or would it, be, would, it, would it say that it brings death and darkness? Do you want to know my real answer? And this is not in the notes. We're in the sky territory now. Do you want to know my real answer to that? Would, would, would average Joe Bloggs in Rathry Island who lives in Cross Heights say that Cornerstone Church, or Lysais, would say that Cornerstone Church is a church that brings life and light or death and darkness, what would they say? Do you know what they would say? Who's Cornerstone Church? That's what they would say. That's what they would say. And if they don't know who we are, then we can't bring life and light. So we needn't worry about bringing death and darkness. That's the reality. That is the reality. Jesus brought the kingdom. He demonstrated the kingdom by bringing life and light. 
I'm going off on a tangent, but sure, we'll go there anyway. Just as I talk about Cross Heights and the Seis and, and all these places and, and, and what we're talking about, Jesus spent time with people. And Jesus brought the kingdom into those people's lives. And I'm skipping on ahead because I'm going to get there eventually anyway. But are we doing that even? Am I doing that? No, no. Here's your answer. No. Are you doing that? Or are we invisible even in a small town like Rathrenet? Are we invisible even in a small town like Rathrenet? We can't be kingdom carriers if we're not there. If we're not there. Simple. Right, moving on. We, in our wisdom, hashtag not, have come up with three ways in which we believe that we can be kingdom carriers, essentially, in, in this area. Three ways, right? Three ways in which we want to bring the kingdom, and we see this from the Scriptures. We believe this comes from Scripture, so that's why we've said it. We want to be kingdom carriers through prayer. Jesus here demonstrates, he, he, the disciples ask him how to pray, and he says, this is what you do. You pray that the kingdom comes. We, you pray that the will of God be done. So that's what we want to do. We want to pray that that happens. So we want to bring the kingdom through prayer. I always find it humbling and both, both, both humbling and fascinating consider, to consider that God advances his kingdom through the prayers of his people. You ever realize that? God advances the kingdom through your prayers. It's really simple, but often overlooked, often missed. So when we pray, your kingdom come, what are we praying? What are we praying? We pray your kingdom come. What we're doing is declaring our loyalty to the king. You can't pray that. You can't pray your kingdom come and still have loyalty to the king of yourself. You're dethroning yourself and you're putting Jesus on the throne and you're saying, your kingdom come, your will be done. You are declaring your loyalty and you're taking yourself out of the equation. That's what you're doing. Some people have described the kingdom of God as God's people in God's place under God's rule. And I think that's really helpful when it comes to this prayer. God's people in God's place under God's rule. We are crying loyalty to the king and we are dethroning ourselves. Second thing we're doing. When we pray your kingdom come, we are praying that the kingdom of darkness would be overthrown. We're praying that the kingdom of darkness would be overthrown. I've used this analogy before, but so often when I, when I dictatorship or a tyrant is overthrown. The statues are torn down. They're brought into the middle of the, uh, the square in the city and they are destroyed. And that's what we're doing. That's what we're trying to do when we pray your kingdom come. We are trying to pray against the s Satan and his schemes and we're trying to pray for the toppling of his kingdom. We know it's only a matter of time because we know the battle has been won. But we're praying against the rulers and authorities of darkness. And the third thing we're doing 
is we're praying a prayer of victory. Your kingdom come. We know the outcome. We know the outcome. We know the trajectory that history, all of history is heading in. It's heading in one direction. And that's one day that King Jesus will reign and rule over all things. And every knee will bow before him and confess that he is Lord. We know the outcome. We're praying your kingdom come. Hurry up, Jesus. Hurry up, Jesus. So we want to bring the kingdom through prayer. Right? So, prayer happens everywhere. Right? Yeah? You agree? No? You agree? Prayer happens everywhere. Right? Let's just be clear. It happens when you get up in the morning. It happens during your day, wherever you are, at work or whatever you're doing. Prayer happens everywhere. And that's a good thing. That's right. But one of the things I want to encourage you to think about this year, and this is one of the reasons why we did this as, as, a, as a kickoff again, sort of September, everything getting back to normal, signs of normality creeping back in. Uh, some people wouldn't call it use normal, but anyway. <laughs> uh, saying all of this kicking back in. One thing I want to encourage you to think about is this. And I want to say, as I say, prayer happens everywhere. But what I want to say is this. When we gather as a church for corporate prayer, please, please try to prioritize it. Try to prioritize it. Let me put it like this. And he'll not mind me doing this. I've done this before. He'll not mind me doing this. When TJ was ill, like I mean on the brink, What did we do? What did we do? Anybody? What did we do? We prayed. We, were, we called prayer meetings like that. And people, everybody showed up. Right? Why is that? Because we physically saw that one of our brothers was on the edge of death. And we rallied and we prayed. Right? There are three thousand, over three thousand souls in our town heading towards death. He was going to be with Jesus. The vast majority of them are going to hell. Where do you think we need to be? Please, please, I'm, I'm, I'm begging. Please prioritize it. Please be there. As a church, we come together to pray that the kingdom of God would break through into this town. Grab people by the scruff and bring them to Jesus. Let's do it. Let's really do it. We want to bring the kingdom through prayer. We want to bring it through presence. It's one of these fancy words again that everybody loves to use in the Christian world, through presence. Don't know why I said like that, but anyway. uh, but it's but it's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's just it's a good thing. It's one of our core values. It's a good thing, right? Through presence, what do we mean? We mean two things. You, as a follower of Christ, 
as a, as a regenerated follower, disciple of Jesus Christ, what have you got within you? The presence of God. Now, some of you don't look like it, given. There's some presence within you, and I'm not sure what it is this morning, but you're, we're supposed to have the presence of God within us, right? That surely, again, some of you are looking so happy with that. But anyway, presence of God is within us, right? We mean that. We mean that we carry the presence of God wherever we are. So wherever you go, you bring what? You're supposed to bring what? Wherever you go. Life and light. Right? Life and light. <laughs> again. <laughs> Dead horse here. Flogging. <laughs> All right? Life and light. Presence of God dwells within us. Wherever we go, we bring that, right? That's one thing we mean. We definitely mean that. But... We mean more than that. It's one of them fancy ones with a double meaning. Presence of God, actual presence. Boots on the ground. Presence. And this is what I was saying earlier on. We talked about this the other night, home group actually, which was really good. But I saw an article, maybe share it on coming up if I can, an article this week about the school gate, being at the school gate. But what we mean by presence is, yes, we carry the presence of God with us, but wherever you are, where are you? Where are you? If you're at the school gate, are you, are you bringing life and light to the people at the school gate? Or are you doing what I do most of the time and sit in the car? Just saying. For us as we go cycling, I guarantee you that man, TJ on the Bransford Road that morning, felt, felt the life and light out of the two of us. I'm only saying, that wasn't good, it wasn't good, we shouldn't have done it. But life and light, wherever we are, Windsor in the Ark. I'm just thinking, Davy, where he is in the lorry. Chris on the ward. Ringo in the store, wherever we are. But then on top of that, are we being an intentional presence here in North Island? Are we making time to be here or wherever you are? Are you making time to be part of the community? We're not in Cornerstone, I think. I think we've programmed ourselves in such a way that we don't have many programs. And that's a good thing. And that's an intentional thing. It's an intentional thing to give people the time to be in the community. We, we, we don't run stuff five nights a week. And that's intentional. Because we want the people of the church to be in the community, bringing the life and light of Jesus to the community. Not all gathered up in a huddle. So are we bringing the presence? Through prayer, through presence. And then finally, through practice. Through practice. Prayer, presence, and practice, we bring the kingdom of God to bear in this place. Practice. What does that mean for our life? Well, it's, it's boiled down to two things, really words and actions. Words and actions. That's what it's boiled down to. Both are important as we bring the kingdom to bear on the earth. Our words are powerful 
And I don't just mean the words we say, but the words we hold back. James puts it like this. If anyone thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue, but he deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Words and actions. Our words are important. The kingdom has a what? King, a people, and a message. It's important that we get to the message of the kingdom, that we share the gospel, that we tell people about Jesus. But those words must be backed up with action. They must be backed with action. Why? Because we follow the example of our king who backed up his words with action. Let me just give you some examples. Jesus didn't just say, go and feed people. What did he do? He fed them. Jesus didn't just say, go and be well. What did he do? He healed them. He didn't just say, what you should do is serve one another. No, he took off his robe, he got down and he washed the disciples' feet. He served them. He didn't just say, you know what you guys really need? You need a savior. No, what Jesus did was put himself on a cross to be that savior. You see, all along the way, Jesus not only spoke, but he backed those words up with action. At every time, he backed his words with action. Folks, here's the deal. And I include myself in this. We have far too many talkers in the church. We have far too many talkers in the church who do not back up their words with actions. who talk a good game and do nothing. Talk a good game and do nothing. Jesus backed his words with actions. So, as we finish, we want to be kingdom carriers. What does the kingdom look like? It looks like Jesus as king. It looks like He has a people, the church, that kingdom has a message, which is the gospel. Repent and believe. What does the kingdom look like? It looks like Jesus bringing life and light wherever he goes. How do we want to do that? We want to do that through prayer. We want to do that through presence. And we want to do that through practice. And we follow our king's example when we back our words with our actions. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you for the gospel. We thank you for for the message of the kingdom, which is repent and believe and know forgiveness. And Father, we we ask for forgiveness for for, for so many times we, we fall short. But thank you so much, Jesus that you forgive us. You give us grace upon grace. 
And we're praying now that through the power and presence of the Holy Spirit that you would lead us to bring the kingdom of God to bear in this place. Help us. We need you. We need your help. We cannot do this alone. It's very clear in Scripture. You've told us without Jesus, we can do nothing. So help us, we pray. In Jesus' beautiful name, amen.